My goodness me. Here it is. Predictable. Well choreographed. Perfectly rehearsed. Welcome to episode one of Grassroots, a podcast shining a spotlight on women's rugby. In this first full-length episode, we look at the new season ahead, hear from the coach at Hansworth Ladies and explore shower etiquette in a little too much detail. This podcast will be like sitting in the clubhouse bar with a pint after a game, and we hope you enjoy it. 22 months with a triple knee operation. She runs in, tries for... I'm Lou. She has got a remarkable strike rate. And I'm Jodie. The forward who can't stop scoring. I'm Molly. The cannonball coming through. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. Is a grassroots player. What's grassroots? Well, what's grassroots? Rugby on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> In a cup game over at Kenilworth, I accidentally tripped the ref up as we were scoring a try and he very nearly didn't award us the try because he didn't see it being scored. Here we are. Episode one. Excited. Very. Very exciting. Little daunted, if honest, because I was kind of surprised by how much feedback we've had from the promo episode, including from some randoms, one of whom's approached me and offered to do some free artwork and things for us. And also has put me in touch with the, the captain of his club to put on as a, an interview. That is really exciting. What club's that? Oxford Quins. Oh, posh. Yeah, they're quite new, I think. So that's good. good. Getting some southerners wow. in. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting that much of a uptake so quickly. No. So that's good. That's very good. So we can hit that kind of number of downloads each time. The fame's going to go to my head. We'll be sitting in a, on a beach in Dubai podcasting with margaritas if we keep up this run, right? I don't know how big Dubai are or drinking margaritas, to be honest. We might have to just have Barocca on its own. Yeah. <laughs> just tell them, oh, it's, it's fine. It's just a Barocca. We'll all have beautiful skin, along with our skin cancer. Anyway, new season's approaching. How are we feeling? Tense. Tense? Yeah. Just like, we've not played rugby for, I think it's nearly 20 months. When I say we've not played rugby, we've not played a competitive game against somebody. And I think we've done the ready for rugby crap where you throw a ball up and pretend that you're in a ruck and you know you dream of smashing people out of the way when in reality you're standing there throwing the ball into the sky and passing it off and I think the difference is that it's full smash scrums are back rugby's back I've been nervous since last weekend Josh is having to tell me to calm down really yeah like I'm so so excited and I, I think most people are feeling the same Probably Jodie, not so much considering she injured herself in training by jumping up and down and going over on her ankle. But everyone else, very excited. <laughs> How about you, Jodie? Are you excited? You don't ever seem to get excited about many things. I don't like to get excited because I get nervous and I hate nerves. So yeah. I don't think about it. I really don't like to think about things at all until they're happening. I'm the sort of person who just, when it happens, it happens. I am so looking forward to hitting people that aren't my own team, honestly, like smashing people <laughs> that I don't have to see the next week and go, I'm sorry for breaking your leg or, or you did this bruise to me. Like, I'm so sorry. That It's going to be nice actually to play again and to make real tackles. I meant to smash you. Yeah. yeah. You can't exactly. go full whack with your own teammates as well because you have that sort of, you want to help? Molly, have you ever felt that? 
because I'm not sure I have. No, I haven't ever had that. But the difficulty is that unfortunately, Jodie doesn't have body management. So when she tackles somebody, her legs go a bit kind of not in line with her body. So I guess she probably maims a few more people than we do. Yeah, there is the flailing leg situation. <laughs> the limbs. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> it works. It gets the job done. I always think when somebody runs into Jodie, it's like watching somebody running into a combine harvester. <laughs> it's just like a flailing of limbs and a lot of general motion and noise and then silence before the screaming starts. That's an accurate metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a long nickname, though. Yeah. So, what do you reckon? Like Twenty months out. So that's affected the whole game, hasn't it? Not just us. You're not just Crewe and Twitch. It's affected the whole of the grassroots game. What kind of effect do you think it's had on all these different clubs? I think it's probably been a benefit in some ways. Yeah. Like uptake of players. I know for ourselves, the amount of players that have never played a game that we've got in the last twenty months. People wanted to find something to do, go out and exercise, an excuse to actually move. And I think. I don't know if it's to do with lockdown weight or feeling cooped up inside and people want to get out there. I feel like we've had a lot more people and I assume that a lot of other teams would have the same sort of situation with a lot more players. I don't know if our skills are any better though due to the <laughs> lack of game time, but yeah. we have more people and we've got a second team now, so it just goes to show. How about you, Molly? What do you reckon? What effect has it had on you personally? Being really honest, and I think I'm speaking for a lot of people, not just within our team, with the men's game as well. Without having that outlet on the rugby pitch and without having the social side of things and meeting up with your teammates every week, my mental health struggled quite a lot. So felt very isolated. You know, you can do so many hit sessions on Zoom, but it doesn't quite cut hitting a pad or being with your mates and passing the ball around on the pitch, playing touch and doing those ridiculous passes and the forwards pretending that they're Sonny Bill and out the back passes, etc. Like that doesn't compare. And when you're at home, I found that you really, really miss that connection. And I think it just shows that exercise is great for your mental health, but rugby especially, the bond you have with your teammates is second to none. Absolutely. So Lou, obviously you've been through some big stuff in the last couple of months with having an ACL reconstruction you had that on top of the fact that you've not been able to be involved in rugby over the last sort of 20 months or so how have you coped with that it's been really tough actually I've had to actually find a new sport which is a lot less physical but outdoor swimming really really good for my mental health and I'm really glad for that because I couldn't have even done even the lockdown rugby stuff that would have kept me going what's been interesting for me to see actually is that I don't know whether it's because of a lockdown or because of or what situations some clubs are at, but it's really good to see, actually, like a season of new beginnings. Even just in the last week on Facebook and some women's rugby forums, there's been a handful of clubs and they're, they're new starting clubs. They're looking for new members. They're looking for new fixtures. I find that really, really positive. Grassroots News with Lou. The ladies at Little Brett Rugby Union, they want some pre-season friendlies. They're a mixed ability side, so there's got some women who can play county level, but some absolute beginners. Doesn't that just totally smack of grassroots? 
absolutely. You know, and then there's um, there's Fairham Heathens Rugby Club, and they're looking for new members. They seem to be a new club, really starting from scratch. The Skipton Roses Ladies Rugby Club, they have had their first run out uh, ever, I think, at the annual Skipton RFU 10s. And that just actually makes me really happy that I think the established clubs have managed to keep going. There's a renewed vigour for ladies rugby. I mean, and that's just three examples right there that have happened in one week. Good luck to you guys, you know, Tilbury, Fairham and Skipton. Fairham and Skipton Roses. So that's great because that also shows the, the national spread as well, doesn't it? You know, you've got, yeah. you've got Yorkshire, God, the South Coast, down in Hampshire, a little bit, <laughs> probably near Birmingham. Most places are near Birmingham. Great news. So the but one big challenge they're going to have, though, as Korean Antwich have faced over the last five seasons or so, is that retention of players across the season, isn't it? So do you think that's going to be an issue, given that everyone's very excited at the moment, squads have grown, people have been in hibernation for all this time. When they get back into it, the weather starts to close in, all that kind of stuff. Do you think the retention is going to be the same as it always was and that it'll be a challenge or do you think it'll be improved? I kind of hope it will improve because obviously we've been cooped up for how many lockdowns and we've all been at home and we've experienced not going to the pub and not doing this. But actually, we've spent a lot of time on our own. I hope that people aren't going to forget that feeling of not being able to do the things they want to do. And it's actually going to increase attendance and make people want to get onto the pitch or just head down to training because they're going to be able to go for a pint after or they're going to be able to spend their Sundays out socialising and playing rugby. Whereas before we were kind of stuck at home doing the 25th Zoom meeting and cutting our grass for the 20th time that week because we had absolutely bugger else all to do. Uh, the 100th family quiz. Yeah, I can't deal with that shit anymore. I'm so over Zoom. <laughs> I think I know every answer to every quiz question that my family might bring up. Can I just go back to Lou's swimming uh, escapades? Because I want to know the real key question is, does the cold swim compare to the absolute burn when you've played a rugby and the freezing cold and the ice and the snow sometimes that horrible feeling when you go into the shower and it just burns and it makes you feel sick. Cause that is all I think about when I think about winter rugby and getting out there. Like it's that horrible shower burn where you want to vomit. <laughs> There's a few differences. So the winter swim in the ice lasts about eight minutes. The winter rugby lasts 80. <laughs> the winter swim Incurs very few bruises and the winter rugby, lots and lots of bruises and probably four days of agonising pain. Yeah, fair. Maybe we need to wear a wetsuit for rugby in the winter and see how we go. That is not a bad shout, Molly, that. <laughs> well, I did have these thermal cycling short type things that I thought would keep me warm in the winter when I was playing rugby. Turns out, just made me sweat more. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. What an image I have right now. Yeah. Prop life, yeah. So there's going to be some players listening who have never played rugby before that are going to go into their first season. What have they got to look forward to then? The good stuff first. <laughs> beer. <laughs> A lot of beer. I think just say yes to everything in your first year. Just go to everything. Sevens, yeah, be there. Socials, yes, be there. Just go and do it because then you can make your judgment of whether you like them or not events I mean not the people there's loads to look forward to like I suppose if you actually make that step and you 
go down to your first rugby session, you've already overcome so many boundaries. There's a massive stigma about women playing rugby. When you get to a certain age, you can't do this, you can't do that. And actually, when you go to that first training session, you've already stepped over all those boundaries. So you kind of can't leave. You get, oh, your initiation's next week. Oh, you're playing next week. Oh, there's training uh, that day. We're having a quiz that week. And then you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then before you know it, you're in and you can't escape. And Jodie's consumed. Jody. Consumed. Yeah. No, I'm on Absolutely. the straight and narrow now. Oh, I bet you are, Jodie, yeah. From a coaching perspective, I think the number one thing, piece of advice I give to somebody new to the game, this is going to sound a bit daft, but you'll know what I mean when you get out there and do it, is just give yourself permission to have a go. Don't worry about making mistakes. The number one thing that people say to me about to play their first match is, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about not being in the right place, I'm worried about getting in the way of the other players or upsetting somebody, you're making an error that, that causes a try to be scored. It's like every single player in the whole of rugby has made a stupid mistake at some point. I think that's a good point about people being in the wrong place. I mean, when I first started, up until probably two years ago, in fact, if anyone shouted at me in a game, I would take it so personally. Oh, God, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You still have that grudge against you, Lou. Yeah, whatever. For ourselves, we have Katie. She's a different person when she's on the pitch. But when she shouts at you on the pitch and you feel like you're in the wrong place, you feel like you're letting everyone down and you're not doing anything right. And it's only taken me till recently to go, wait, no, that's just the pitch. That's Mm -hmm. just what goes on the pitch that's them trying to make you a better player that's them trying to make the team a better team and what's said on the pitch is what's said on the pitch and no one gives a shit afterwards yeah but also don't forget the shouting is necessary because if you don't shout no one hears you that's true yeah even when you do shout they don't hear you with everything that's going on all the bodies everywhere the referee the crowd everything else you don't have time to formulate well-constructed and considerate sentences let's be honest you can't bring out nuanced vocabulary it's just get the fuck out of the way you don't mean it <laughs> Do you know what I mean? yeah it's just fire <laughs> yeah absolutely get fucking down yeah yeah yeah, yeah lose is normally stop kicking my fucking shins molly that is in the scrum that's generally yeah. what she says to me yeah well that's why i was wearing my 20 year old shin guards because i just was worried i was gonna have a broken shin that's probably what caused you knee injury or your foot molly yeah there do you go. one what about the, the more, not, I don't want to use the word negative, the more challenging aspects of playing your first season? What were the things that you thought, oh my God, what have I got myself into? It's difficult for me because I obviously started when I was 12. It's been a long time yeah, I for mean, you, Mark. It's over, over 20 years ago for me, Matt. What were the things that when you first started playing that you found that you, that you found challenging? So forget about the kind of knowing where you're going to be on the pitch and all that sort of stuff, about the whole experience that you found difficult. In other words, we're saying to players that are about to start their first season, having never played the game before, this is what you're going to experience. It gets easier. I think it's not just about playing your first season of rugby or your first ever game of rugby. It's joining a new group of people and you don't know what they're like and is it banter or do they, do they mean it or are they joking? <laughs> That's a massive thing. And I think if you're an introvert, good on you for joining women's rugby in the first place. But secondly, you're worried about what people think about you, what information you want to give out about yourself, how open everybody else is. I think it's not really about the rugby. I think it's more about the people. The environment. Yeah. Definitely. That's interesting. I've had a think. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Great thinking, Jode. 
when I joined, it was more of a social thing. It had nothing to do with the rugby. Like I said from the last episode, I joined when, yeah, I basically was just doing it for a social life. I was doing it to make friends when I moved to a new uni. And rugby was just the side part of the whole social bit of it. It was nothing stressful. It was only actually when I moved to Crew Nantich when I was like, okay, now I've actually got to play and they actually have to follow the rules here. And <laughs> and how did that go, Jodie? The laws, well, <laughs> I definitely got come from my first couple of years, didn't I? So I found my place. Change is probably the... Not the worst part, but the thing that you've got to come accustomed to. I think change in position, change in leadership, change in clubs, if you're going to change clubs, change just change. I think that's the most difficult thing to get your head around sometimes. I get that, Joe, because I think as a, a brand new player, no one knows what position you really are when you start. No one knows how you're going to go for your first game. And it, and it is about adapting and, and having to change and Especially now, if you're playing now, you're not going to have played before with scrums and things like that, especially as a new player. So I do think you have to be quite resilient when you join a women's rugby team because you have to take criticism, take feedback, take praise. And it can be like this emotional roller coaster. And you can be on the wing one game and then the next game you second row and you're like, oh my God. And I think that's completely different to the men's game as such. We don't really have set sizes set for set positions and set speeds. It It's very, very fluid. And I think that can be quite hard. Keyword, versatile. Versatility. Versatility, definitely. So what game are you most looking forward to, Molly? This is Molly's Grassroots Salutes. I'm going to have to give a massive shout out to Kenilworth for Saturday. So um, just want to give you a bit of history behind it. They're actually holding a charity match in memory of a former player who unfortunately lost uh, her life to cancer in January. Jess Pardo passed away shortly after being diagnosed with a brain tumour, which is devastating. And Actually, what Kenilworth have done is rather than trying to force a tribute match for her, they've postponed it until they could play a real full contact game, which I think I've never met Jess, but it says a lot about her that her family want to have that full-blown contact game. And she joined Kenilworth in 2020, so she's been part of the setup for a year after moving up and playing for some really good clubs. And like I say, I think, it's a testimony to her and the club that they're putting on this fundraiser in memory of her. And I think because we've all not played rugby for so long, it's just going to be a really good day. The men are playing training game after. There's a barbecue at the club and hopefully we're going to raise a lot of money for a really, really good cause. And the charity's called Shine a Light. Yeah, I think it just marks a change. Yeah, I'll put the link to the charity in the show notes if anybody wants a sponsor, which would be a really nice gesture. To clarify, that is why I'm so excited about it because I think never met Jess, but actually the notes that they've said about her is just to celebrate her life. She loved rugby, she loved contact. It's just a respect from us. They're all going to have blue armbands on in memory of Jess because she also supported Birmingham City FC. And I just think that it's going to be a really good game. And next week we can talk about how it went, how we felt like we were hit by the rugby bus on Sunday. And I just think it's going to be a great event to celebrate the fact that rugby's back with a boom. 
Absolutely. And Kenilworth are a lovely club. We've been there a couple of times, haven't we? The team that really play hard rugby, very well drilled, playing the top division of the championship, the championship North One, in a tough league with people like Furwood Walsley Ladies, Lichfield Ladies, Loughborough Town, Barnsley, they're a very tough club to play against. Barnsley, Harrogate, pretty decent. Yeah, Harrogate are decent. Kenilworth are a relatively young club for ladies. I think they span out of um, Leamington Spa ladies at some point. Yeah, the experience I had when we went down there last time was really positive, really friendly, really warm club, but rugby played in a really hard and uncompromising way, but in the best possible spirit. Jody, how about you? Which team are you most looking forward to playing? What about Sale, the uh, descendants of the big dogs? We've beat them before they were official team, weren't they? So that'll be fun to see how they've come along if we can beat them again. I think I'm looking forward to the ones that are further away. And it's not because of the rugby. It's because of the bus. <laughs> it's because of the rugby bus. So Darlington's it's... probably the furthest yeah. one, isn't it? Darlington, Darlington will be a fun match. Have you actually got a death wish, Jodie? Yes. Because we, we all know what the rugby bus means. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> social sec this year, though, is am I? So I can actually enjoy it without being stressed about sorting everything out for everyone, making sure I haven't organised no. fun. This is true. On a Sunday. This is true. That's true. Oh, well. And if you're working for your dad as well, you could have a real job calling him with a hangover. <laughs> no, it's a physical job as well, so I don't think I'm able to do it. Yeah, you haven't really thought this through, have you, Jodie? I'm have to cancel. So there you go, Darlington. If you're listening, Jodie can't wait to play you, and she definitely wants you to line the bar with shots for her after the match. Oh, yes. Please. Yeah, I think the game I'm looking forward to seeing is, is Bishop Auckland ladies because Queen yeah. Antwich played them in a playoff a couple of seasons ago. Um, yes. Whilst it was a pretty hard game, from memory there was a bad injury wasn't there on the pitch and I think one of their players ended up with a broken ankle or something which put pay to that game and it disrupted their flow quite badly and they ended up coming off second best to us. But I remember at the time they were devastated having had close to an unbeaten season. And it's great to see that they obviously went away, worked hard, you know, got stuck in and have managed to make the promotion this time. So seeing them coming up to Championship North 2 is, is going to be a really good fixture, I think, that. Yeah, that would be great. We forgot our shirts that game, didn't we? That was the one where we travelled all that way. I think, it was, I think we actually went to Skipton, actually. It was something going with S in Yorkshire. Yorkshire it was Skipton. It was Skipton and we forgot our kit. Again, a grassroots classic. I'm interested in seeing what happens at the Isle of Man. <gasps> oh, I cannot because, wait for that. Because those matches sort out the big girls from the babies they are brutal those matches on the isle of man it's just the weather do you know horizontal rain it doesn't matter what time of the season you go it's like torrential horizontal rain in two degrees i have this really vivid image the last time we played there and i remember it was so muddy there was not a single blade of grass on the pitch it was just mud (laughs) and there was wells where feeble's footprints had been and there was water collecting it my head was hanging at one point because we lost five nil and i just looked at the ground i was there head down looking at the floor with these wells of water and i just thought this is what it must have looked like in the trenches (laughs) (laughs) this is the experience they had and i just thought i have ptsd yeah, I'm not going to lie, Jodie. I think we need to edit that bit because I reckon World War Two was a lot more severe <laughs> than <laughs> what we've gone through. <laughs> edit. World War One, by the way, trenches were World War One. Just a you know point of history, but yeah, no, we have planes in two. For all the veterans of World War One listening, <laughs> don't want to yeah, offend you. Um, yeah, we, we're by no way <laughs> suggesting that rugby is as severe as being bombed by the Germans, but you know. 
had a glimpse of what it would have been like. Obviously, it was a lot more severe. And thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right, let's move on. What's next on the list, Mark? Veto this shit. Right, so... What... <laughs> Thank God Sherry's not on this call, by the way. Yeah, that's why I did our recording separately. Imagine, <laughs> we never, never finished. You'd still be giggling. She'd be like, what is a podcast, by the yeah. way? <laughs> yeah, what's a trench? <laughs> Takes one for the face. Catches first, preferably, and then the drive. Ooh, full in the face. Look at this. Very definition of taking one for the team. Oh, my God. That is extraordinary. And the kick. Lands on the head and offside is accidental. This is Every Team's Got One. Every Team's Got One. So the purpose of this section is to think of those characters that every team has. Everyone's got a gingerbread. That's not offensive. That's not offensive, no. No. Well, it's the gingers, but you know. Easily broken. Easily broken. Tell me about a gingerbread. How does a gingerbread manifest itself in you know in the team environment they're strapped up completely they use a whole rows of roll of tape every game even at training pre-match physio yeah they just take up all the time but uh, yeah, which excludes them from the warm-up which <laughs> exacerbates the chance of future injury correct <laughs> you can see them wandering around <laughs> at training just on the sidelines just like walking out any injury they had from last game doing their specific stretches yeah yeah your personal stretches <laughs> yeah I can't help but feel that Jodie is a gingerbread, though. Jodie's quite hard, though, isn't she? Like, she's quite tough. In phases. So, like, for example, Jodie went over on her ankle at training on Monday. She didn't warm up properly. She was too busy chatting. Then she gets injured. Then she carries on for the whole training session, showing what a true trooper she is, and then rocks up at training on Wednesday in a tracksuit, bossing orders at the forwards. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think Jodie might be a, a trial gingerbread. She's on trial. Don't be saying You're this. Don't be saying this. <laughs> Pre-gingerbread. I would have trained Pre-gingerbread. This week, but I've got a medical for my new job, so I was like, I really don't want to fuck my oh, leg up when I've got a medical for this. Oh, so there's the real reason. That's the real reason. So what else do you see? When you see a gingerbread, what you know? What other character traits are there in a, in a classic gingerbread? Always got an ailment, whether it's a cold, their eyebrows aren't on, they've <laughs> twisted the knee getting out of the shower, they've twinged their finger from catching the ball and they've got to sit out of the next fitness exercise. Yeah, but it'd be some injury that isn't... Relevant. ...physically noticeable. So it'd be like, oh, I've pulled my tendon. <laughs> oh, but you can't see it, but it makes you limp a little bit. Of it, you what know, do you see Lou, a leg hanging off. Crikey, I mean, so well, yeah, injuries are quite personal, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what? Like you've twinged your vagina? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I pulled thing? my lip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, my lips sore. Like, come on. I'll tell you something. I always see in a gingerbread as well. Right, gingerbreads always have the latest technology in protective equipment. Yes, uh, like knee pads. The knee, the knee support. <laughs> yeah, Molly. <laughs> Beats <laughs> stars. Yeah, they do. They have the, the, you know, the special ankle bracelets. They have the special boots. That, that massage them, uh, gun. Protect the arches of their feet. They have all the gear. 
Yeah. Gingerbreads are good, though, because you know when you need someone to go down so you can all get a breath and you can get back because <laughs> you've conceded a penalty because some idiot's gone off their feet. That's a fave of mine. Like, I don't class myself as a gingerbread. However, I do remember a firm favourite of ours, Matt, where I went down injured, in inverted commas, to bide us some time and you generally thought I was dead because I never go down injured. Okay, so let's set the scene here, right? To, to our, no doubt, hundreds, maybe even thousands of listeners from Southport. Um, <laughs> a yeah. thousand. Let, oh, <laughs> so Southport were a big game for Cronans, which was a couple of seasons. Because yeah, yeah. They, they were often the difference between winning the league or not. We had a game against them at home, and it was very, very tense. And we'd, we got ahead, a couple of breakaway tries, but they were hammering away at our line and really starting to threaten to go over. And um, we had penalty after penalty after penalty, and they kept on driving at the line we kept on repelling them and to watch as a coach it was exhausting because you kept thinking this is the time they're going to break through you obviously as a coach know where all the little weaknesses are on the pitch and stuff and then all of a sudden our number one tackler molly goes down looking like she's been shot and there was no wailing and gnashing of teeth and you know (laughs) it was oscar oscar winning oscar winning And I remember running over thinking, Christ, this is the point where the game turns. We've had it. We haven't got any subs. We're in real trouble now. I went over and I just saw Molly covered from head to toe in mud, lying on her back. And as I went over, expecting to see blood and basically euthanasia was the only thing we could do. Um, (laughs) He just just looked at me with this this cheeky grin, winked at me and said, I'm fine. We just needed a break. I was like... (laughs) Okay, right. <laughs> Heart attack over. I was so impressed because A, to have that clarity of thought in the heat of battle and B, to know exactly what to do just to wind up Southport and also just give everyone <laughs> that chance to regroup was priceless. And they never did score in that match, did they? It was, uh, it was priceless. No. But there was some skullduggery involved in that. <laughs> You're giving away all of our secrets. <laughs> yeah. So the gingerbreads out there listening to this, you know, thanks for your service. Good job. We need you. We need you. Yeah, we, we absolutely do. Team. Yeah, exactly. And you give us a lot of a lot of fun after the event as well. We Great always stuff. abuse you for being a gingerbread. We do always abuse you for being gingerbread. But, but yeah. we love you equally. Yeah. But the other thing with gingerbreads is they always turn up, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though they're injured, they're still there. They still turn up to the games. They still turn up to training. Like, there's loads of players out there that like, yeah, I'm good for Saturday, good for Saturday or whatever, good for Sunday. And then eight o'clock on a Saturday night, you get the text, oh, you know, I've strained my vagina. I can't play. Cat at my foot. Yeah. Cat at my foot. Yeah, really. They're they're out getting shit faced and they've had a bit too many. Yeah. He's being hunted down by a pack of three, running towards the touchline. He's shuffled into the touch. Not entirely sure. This is Fantasy 15. So one of the things that we always do round pub tables i thought we could bring it to the podcast as we talk about fantasy 15s but i don't want to do full 15 players in one session because we'll be here all night we've got to pick a type five of tv stars fantasy grassroots it's got to be geez the gc the gc jim collins where are you hooker. gonna put today hooker why hooker <laughs> I, re- I reckon she's probably a loose edge you know she's a bit of a loose cannon Definitely front row because she'd be the annoying one going, oh, my God, I can't believe you haven't showered before the match. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is true, actually. She'd be right up in the faces of the opposition just yapping, wouldn't she? I feel like she'd be on to collapse the scrum all the time. 
Yeah. Do you think she's got the kind of toughness of character to play a position like that? Do you think she's just going to go down like She's got the annoying prop drama, though. Yes, she has. Were you thinking solely women? Yeah. What about Dawn French? I reckon she'd be a hoot. Dawn French? Yeah. Oh, my God. She'd be amazing. Not even on the rugby pitch, just (laughs) on that bus back. Wow. She'd be a great social sack, wouldn't she, Dawn French? Yeah, you know, when she walks down that country pathway, steps into the puddle, into the dirt, like I can imagine her doing that on the pitch. So Dawn, if you're out there listening, please come and uh, come down to crew and add to it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, All Jesus. Right, so we've, got, we've got the GC on one side, we've got Dawn French on the other side. Who's going to go in the middle? Anna Richardson. Anna Richardson? From why? Naked Attraction. Yes. Oh, yeah. No idea why, Yeah, why. she doesn't take any shit, does she? I just feel like she'd Very be... Very straightforward. Yeah. Also, I don't know what her shower etiquette would be like. She'd be judging everybody. <laughs> mm, oh, my God. That would be a fucking nightmare for everyone involved. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like naked attraction, but in the showers. Oh, my God. Do you like those persons? Wow. Anna, leave me alone. Would any of you actually ever go on naked attraction? Absolutely not. 100% no. I won't even get naked in the shower in the rugby changing room, so... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I have sex and the lights off. Yeah, not going to lie, sometimes too much moth is too much moth and I can't cope with it. Untamed. Yeah, free willy and all that. Yeah, let's move on to that section. So, who have we got now? Gemma Collins. Dawn French em- and Anna Richardson. Dawn French and Anna Richardson, front row. Yeah, like it, second row. What about Joanna Lumley out of Abba Jesus Fab? Christ. What about... Patsy and Eddie, second room. Yes. Really oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> Patsy and Eddie as a second row. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be very grassroots as well, wouldn't it? Totally grassroots. You know when you say when you play rugby, the first half is on the pitch, the second half is in the clubhouse. That would so be Patsy and Eddie. It would. They would yes. be pissed. But also, Patsy's pretty light and easy to throw in the air in a line out, isn't she? I'd imagine. Pretty tall as well. Yeah. Nelly looks like she's pretty strong. Looks like she's got a good centre of gravity. <laughs> Plenty of upper I body love that strength. second row. Are we solely going with Patsy and Eddie? Or are we going with Joanna Lumley and Jennifer Saunders? I think we're going the characters, Patsy. Right, and okay. Because they're yeah. a bit crazy and it kind of sticks well with the ladies' rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love not it. think? <laughs> I think that's a great tight five, definitely. <laughs> be interesting to see what, see what the listeners think of that. You from the touchline. So hi Chris, you're coach for Hansworth Ladies Rugby Team. Big game for you today. Talk me about your team and your journey to get to this point today. Uh, yeah, so I uh, started coaching the team about five years ago after the back of a bit of touch rugby. We started to have around 10 to 12 women turn up and realised we had a potential to start a women's team. So we sort of rolled it from there. Started with mainly friendlies. Our first game was actually against Sutton Coldfield, who are very established at the moment now. It was built from there. We've, we had the first three years of mainly playing friendlies and then we went into the league two years ago. First season did considerably well considering what we thought and then last season I, I set an aim to the girls to win two games and we actually won nine in the league which was yeah, a brilliant thing. And then we've just grew from there. We've lost a lot of players but we've also gained quite a few. The pitch and play has been quite successful for us and we've got a squad of about about 23 at the moment so nice. As a player yourself and as a coach what have you gained from coaching women's rugby? 
uh, my game has improved massively from a player and a coach just to show the different perspective of how you think about you, the game should be played to how it actually can be played and there's so many different aspects to it and you get a lot more appreciative a lot of the time from coaching the women than you do from actually playing with the blokes that you play with because they show a lot more sort of effort or are willing to, to want to turn up and, and do well than, than half the blokes do that have played for 20 odd years if you know what I mean So what are your aims for the season coming up then? Uh, aims are to get established in the league uh, everyone likes to say we'll win the league but being realistic I'd like a, a top 5 sort of finish I like to win all our home games I think with a massive point and then Try and put 18 players on the pitch every week. I think we, sometimes we go, we turn up to players with 13, 14, and we've struggled, and we've still come out with wins. But if we get like 18, 19, and make sure we've got that, that four or five players on the bench, so something like that. So, what's the most amateur thing you've ever seen in rugby? Uh, aside from women's rugby, our, our second team the other week actually turned up to a, a match with the women's kit, and we're too far away from from the club, so they had to wear said women's kit, which some of the women weren't too happy about when they had to. Come. Well, listen. Thanks for coming over today. Best of luck for the next season. Really hope it works out for you. Yeah, fantastic. I'd just like to say, look, reiterated there, it's actually really nice generally to come to a club and play the second team and actually play their second team. Uh, I think it's really challenging for us. It's better than anyone going to... I, don't, I think you find a lot more... You earn, learn a lot more in them games than you do than going to train someone 70 now. So I really appreciate it. No problem. Good luck. The next thing we're going to cover was shower etiquette. So first of all, Molly, you raised this as an issue. So obviously as a male coach, I have no idea what these issues are. But it's obviously created some debate. Yeah, so there's basically a bit of a debate going on whether when you shower, you shower full naked, so everything hanging out, or there's two other options. You can go bra and pants, so that's classed as the fully clothed, or you can go semi-clothed, so you keep your pants on, but you let the boobies out. So there's a bit of a debate about, uh, one, what's clean, and two, what's acceptable. The other people that we have are the people that refuse to shower at all. So you know who you are out there, but they basically get a wet wipe and they clean their knees and their pits, don't do the bits and get chained. So there's a bit of a debate going on about what's acceptable after a rugby game, especially if you're caked in mud. I don't feel the need to go without my knickers on into the shower. I just feel like, when I'm playing rugby, that bit of me doesn't really get dirty. I'm not really out showing that. I only really need to clean the mud off my arms and my legs. I think it's unnecessary for people to go with flaps out, washing them. I'm like, if you're going to do that, go home and do it. That's not necessary. If that's smelling now, you've not washed previously. Okay, I'm a bit old school, right? So <laughs> I've played rugby for a long time, and most of the clubs I've played for, when you get a shower... Have communal baths. Well, yeah, there have been communal baths. That was a thing. When you shower at home, do you wear your bra and pants? No, you don't. So when you've played rugby in the mud, what do you do? Have a shower without your clothes. So I'm just used to that. And then when it came to career in Antwitch, everyone was like, what? Naked? What the heck? And then I felt like, well, maybe I will keep my pants on, but maybe I'm just a bit old school. Yeah, but you're... A communal. Like, if everyone was coming around my house and watching me shower, I'd probably wear clothes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not looking at you. <laughs> yeah, and then there's nothing to look at then, is there? I'm looking at myself, like, trying to get the mud off my own legs and arms. Yeah, it's worlds apart from the men's game, though, because, you know, I've asked this question to my boyfriend, to the coaches and stuff. What do they do in the shower? And they're like, we have a shower. But girls see, well, women especially, 
seem to be a little bit more reserved about it. And I don't know if it's because I've been brought up, no offence, Lou, you are a little bit older than me, in the uh, in the era where you go to swimming and you go in your own shower cubicle and you, and you shut the curtains. When I had PE showers, we didn't shower after PE lessons, where I know my parents, when they had PE, they were told they had to shower in communal showers. So I, d- I don't know what it is, but sometimes you can find yourself in a really awkward position so you'll go and play against another team and they'll all be fully naked and there'll be no room in your team's showers. So you'll have to make your way over to their showers and then you're just surrounded by fully naked people and you feel inadequate because you're stood there in your sports bar and your lucky pants and it can be quite daunting. I'm not going to lie. Why does that make you feel inadequate though? I guess from my perspective, as a male player, you get your kit off, you get in the shower, you get clean, you're surrounded by everybody else doing the same thing. Do I look at other men and pass judgment on their physique? No, not really. I suppose if somebody's particularly muscle-bound or the opposite, you might notice, but that's about it, really. You certainly don't go in with any judgment or expect any judgment of yourself, I suppose. Here's the thing. I don't know if anyone else does this. I don't know if it's because I'm gay or what, but when I go in the shower... (laughs) I have to purposely go, don't look at boobs, don't look at boobs, don't look at boobs, don't look at boobs. I don't know if it's just because I'm so intent of looking at boobs as my head or I don't want people to think that I'm preying on them. So <laughs> I'm constantly, don't look at boobs. I'm just looking straight ahead, look in their eyes. They're talking to you. They ask you for your soap. Okay, look at their eyes, look in their eyes. Oh, shit, you just look at tits. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm constantly doing that. That's the battle I have in my head every time I go in the shower. I can't think, I think of anything think else like don't look at the tits. a bit self-conscious about that because I'll happily have a conversation about bit grooming and tit. I don't care. <laughs> That's a difference in people though, isn't it? Some people aren't comf- comfortable doing that and some people aren't. Do you think there's body image? Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question. Do you think as senior players now, you almost have a responsibility to the younger ones to help them overcome some of those issues, perhaps by being less self-conscious yourself. Well, I don't know. I think if I went naked in the showers, it might put off all the young ones from ever going naked in the showers. <laughs> Shut up. I agree with you, Matt, because when we've been coaching the girls' section, there is quite a few comments. When we're on the pitch, people all, you know, all go, when we do a drill or we do a carrying drill or things like that, they'll go, well, I'm too fat for that or I'm too big for that. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not fit enough to do that. They're a lot smaller than me. And I think bringing it back to being on the pitch, Rugby can be about being body conscious and it's about overcoming that because we've got so many different shapes, sizes, things like that. And I do think that sometimes transfers into the showers. You are conscious if you're standing next to somebody that's really skinny or in comparison to you or things like that. And maybe it is that confidence of not caring that people need to overcome. I mean, Personally, I'm not that bothered. I've always showered in my, you know, in my pants because that's what I've always done. It's not a body conscious thing. It's just from playing in different teams. And I think gone are the days where we all jump in the bath. But I do think that body consciousness is massive in the women and uh, girls game. Next game, I'm going to trial going fully nude to see how I feel. Going to give it a go. Maybe even as a coach, I'll jump in and get naked. That's when you get your DBS check rescinded, Louise. Oh shit! Yeah, no, yeah. maybe I won't. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting, though, isn't it? Because by covering up, you're sending a message, in a sense, aren't you, to other people that you should be ashamed of your body. You should be ashamed of your body. We're actually what we say time and time again is that rugby's a place for 
total acceptance of, of all shapes and sizes sexualities and all the rest of it isn't it yeah I, I don't know though because in that way like I would get naked but I I wouldn't want to clean my knees or my feet being fully naked you know what I mean no mm, okay <laughs> how would you go around that when you've got no knickers on do you squat down to do it so you know just bend over yeah I just <laughs> I don't want to wink me Mary at people. <laughs> it's not orange as the new black Jodie. In summary then, Jodie, you're gonna be the guinea pig. Right. We expect a, a full report. No pictures, thank. Can we get a live recording from the showers? Of the moment where Jodie flashes her Mary and I'm not playing. <laughs> this is weird. Not. She's not playing. Ah, uh, okay. Why, why are you playing? Because she went over on her ankle. Oh, for fuck's sake. Batty, just before you summarise the shower etiquette, we need to talk about the flannel. <laughs> oh, God. Dread to think out of the crew and Nantwich team, who has actually asked to use Sherry's flannel? I think it's going to be quite a fair for you. Going to be. They're going to be orcs. scrubbing themselves in the shower tonight. Have you ever seen this happen? Yeah, because I used to take a flannel with me and I didn't rub me Mary with it, but people used to ask to borrow it off me and I go, yeah, there you go. He's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. The Greeks had Socrates, the Romans had Cicero, the French Descartes, and this is the Shakespeare of grassroots women's rugby. This is where legends are made. Jez says. I don't even know how vodka is. I'm currently drinking vodka with vitamin D capsules in. <laughs> Health. Very bad, that's vodka. It's like a water infection. That's pretty bad. Do you mean that's <laughs> vodka and Barocca? <laughs> I'm trying to improve my skin. Vodka helps. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus I'm giving myself a natural glow. It actually works. Oh, I'm really good after an hour or so. I'll take your word for that, Sherry. Jesus Christ. Keep drinking, you don't feel at all. How many of that have you had? Two pints. Two pints? Yeah. Of vodka? Not pure vodka. There's a bit of tonic in. <laughs> oh, okay. And then right two then. of them Barocca things in each one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like rocket fuel. You won't see me. I look like I've been in the Caribbean for three weeks. No white bits here, look. Oh, crikey. Or you've been dead for three weeks. I feel like I've been I'm dead sure. for three weeks. So, Sherry, purpose of, of our podcast is looking at grassroots women's rugby and a big part of that is the characters and the people that we meet in the game one of the segments that we came up with was shed <laughs> says so we thought for every episode we'd ask you a oh, particular God. question and let you just talk about it because nobody can come up with words in the same order that you do ever especially after a vodka baraka cocktail yeah so i must say i'm not entirely sure why this is a thing in women's rugby but according to molly this is very much a thing molly seems to think that there's a certain etiquette that's part of the women's game when it comes to showering after the match. So in men's rugby, you come off the pitch, you get in the shower, you get clean, you go home. Apparently in women's rugby, that isn't how it works. Well, the ones who use baby wipes, they're special. I don't get that. That's worse than not washing at all <laughs> because surely you're just warming the filth up. <laughs> you're spreading the filth round. I think in the showers, more worrying for me is sometimes the journey to the shower. Talking about, you know, these like cow tipper areas in the middle of nowhere you've got a 10 minute walk 
up all sorts of furry corridors and not in a good way. You've got trench foot before you get there. Do you remember that one time we were showering in like that much of muddy water yeah. in the bottom of the shower? You needed another shower after you'd got out of that one. It's not good. <laughs> so which is the worst one you've ever been in then? Yeah, the one yeah. up and down the stairs in the shipping containers yeah, all on top of each other. That's, that's Lee, isn't it? Who knows what is lurking in them plug holes. I think there's only a few instances where... It has to be baby wipes. It's yeah. where you fear for your safety you in the shower. So you get more dirty when you yeah, go in. That could be where Corona came from, thinking about it. That could have been the beginning. Nothing <laughs> to do with the <laughs> So, Cherry, it seems to me from talking to people, there's a generational divide as well when it comes to post-match hygiene. The older ones are quite happy just to get in and get themselves clean, get out. You've always got the bum flannel issue going on. I like to get in there first, to get in there quick. I'm in, I'm in. I like to be like one of the first in before they're all full of Ming and lots of people. What's your attire when you go in? my uh, lucky pants on. I've got sail shark yeah. pants and they're my lucky sea dog <laughs> pants. I used to wear my scrum cap, but I don't anymore. Not in the shower. <laughs> on some occasions that is needed. Who the hell asked to use your bum flannel? No, they don't know it was my bum flannel, do they? I don't tell them. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I'm in there first. Do you have a particular towel just for that, then? Do you? One that goes inside the pants. Flannel? If someone comes in and oh, happens to say, do you mind if I borrow your flannel? <laughs> who am I to say that I've just watched me lady garden with it? You. You were probably supposed to tell them that. <laughs> well, is them this unfortunate to not bring their own flannel? <laughs> I'd rather be told though and go without a funnel than having the remnants of your funny flaps on my body. But at least you're clean when you come out. Oh my god. <laughs> so, why is it you think that the younger ones have more of an issue with this than the older ones? Do you think it is that? Is it an age? I think it is. Do no younger people shower? No shower? I saw the same as you. I go in naked apart from knickers. I don't know why you wear knickers on, to be fair. I don't even know why that is, but I just feel safer. It's like contraception. <laughs> Just another layer. <laughs> You're scared you might get pregnant in a women's changing room. Exactly. What do you think is going to happen in there? Bloody you just hell. don't know, do you? Anything could happen. Well, she's got three kids. Someone comes in with an extra large bottle of Head and Shoulders, it could be all over. Well, I'm sure everybody's just going to get clean. I mean, what else? I'm glad I'm tall, because if you were shorter, it's not great. You know, you turn around and it's something just there in your face. Tits. Well, I was thinking more the bush. Oh, And I'm actually talking about the away team now, <laughs> like a bush down the other end. You know, you look to the right and there it is. No, I find that quite scary. That's why I like to get in quick and out. <laughs> I think it's good that you see them naked after the game because it could be intimidating seeing that big bush and then having to play them afterwards. You're like, fucking hell, that's terrifying. So if you were to write a list of rules for getting yourself clean after a game, what are they? Get in the shower, get clean, get out. Because it, it is compared to men. The men think it's rank. It's one of the things they bring it up often in the bar. If there's men in the bar after our games, a lot of the times people say to me, why do half your team not shower? Yeah. It's disgusting. I don't know why it is, but they notice it. They can't understand why people come out still do yeah, yeah, and just yeah. play rugby because men don't do it. I think the thing that I find odd is that women obviously find it harder to be undressed around each other than men do, which I find odd. I think that's definitely a thing. Yeah, it is. I get it. I totally do, but I don't know why. I don't know whether it's they don't like being naked around their own teammates or the other team. I think it's an age and a confidence thing. But maybe the ones that don't shower actually are the ones who haven't actually been participating in the match that much. So they're not even sweaty. 
when it's games, when it's absolutely filthy, you know, in, in the winter when it's really bad, how can you not shower after a game like that? You're absolutely filthy. Some players turn up like that before they play. The scrum is not always a nice place to be. And I'm talking four minutes in. Maybe people should shower before the game and forget about after. God, there's been some sweaty scrums. There's a lot of people that should shower before the game, really. Yeah, that's what I'm on about. So maybe some people have just got issues with showering in general. It's not even to do with the rugby. In summary, then, next time you play, Jodie, you're the guinea pig. We want a full report on the experience. Okay. Do I have to observe other people? Can you observe other people? No, you cannot. Can we get, like, some video footage? No. Oh, no not video. No, actually, no. Sorry. Audio. Some audio footage. Can we do a shower interview? Yeah, I reckon you could do that. I look naked, dead serious. Like, how do you feel the game went today? I'll give you my dictaphone. I'm not taking a dictaphone into the shower. That sounds inappropriate. <laughs> uh, are you going to wear your lucky pants in the shower, or are you going to go <laughs> au naturel? Anyway, that was interesting in a really odd way, because I just can't understand how much chat can be had over having a shower. It's like, just have a fucking shower. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to have to have this as a... Thing on each podcast recording. Yeah. We're definitely going to get some um, some interesting feedback on that. I'm sure. Stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref. Referees are mega important to the game. They do a thankless task and get put through misery week in week out. But they also are at the centre of some comical incidents over the years. So I thought we'd use this section as a way of remembering the times where. The referee fucked up or the referee was at the centre of something amusing. So I thought it was only fair for Molly to to regale the listeners with her story about a referee. Oh, bless him. So, uh, oh, Jeff, God rest his soul. So Jeff the ref, as he was known, was a ref who has been around for years. He's done a lot of our games. And uh, we went to Didsbury one day. And Jody, you're actually in this story. We went to Didsbury. It was a really tough game. Did we lose, Matt? I think. It was a pre-season friendly and we drew. Jeff, bless him, was quite an elderly man. He was very, very fit for his age, but he was also very thin. And I was concerned because there was quite a high wind on this game. Well, let's Uh, put it into context. He was already in his 80s and his legs were purple. Yeah, he loved rugby and he just loved refing. And uh, we got towards the end of the game. Everyone was absolutely knackered. It was pre-season, like Matt said. So we were just exhausted. And it got to the end of the game and it was the last play. So I said to Jodie as she caught the ball, Jodie, kick it out. Jodie kicked it as what I can only describe as a grubber that went about (laughs) two metres and absolutely nowhere near the touchline. So at this point, I say, yeah, you were a newbie and I was pissed off. So I said under my breath very loudly, for fuck's sake. So I picked the ball up and for some reason... Jeff is now on the sideline and right in front of where I'm about to kick it. But I want to get the ball out so badly that it doesn't go through my brain that this ball may hit him. I boot it with all my might. Bear in mind, I'm probably three times as heavy as Jeff. Yeah. Kick the ball into his head, full blast. (laughs) And I thought I generally killed him. And my dad, all the way home from the fixture, said, do you reckon you'll get done for manslaughter if he dies? 
The thing I remember more than anything else is the fact that you only had to kick it about a metre, but you kicked it as if you were trying to kick it through a brick wall. That's what I remember more than anything else. You absolutely <laughs> put your laces through it. And it travelled about a metre and a half from your boot straight into his face at full velocity. Yeah, you put your heart and soul into that kick. I know, bless Jeff. So unfortunately, Jeff isn't with us anymore. And But I am quite relieved that it wasn't my kick that ended his rugby career. So yeah, happy about that. He did go that. down like he'd been shot, didn't he? You shouldn't have started the whole conversation with God bless his soul and then told us to worry about how you almost killed him. Because it sounds like you actually ended him. To clarify, I did not. And the disclaimer is, no refs were harmed in the making of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Anyway, last thing. One pump song. What is it? Get one each, but not only one today. Song before match. Gets you in the mood to play. What's your pump song? it's not fucking Adele. (laughs) What's wrong with Adele? What's right with Adele before a bloody rugby match? Well, mine's a bit controversial. It's I'm still standing by Elton John. Bizarre. Why? Give me strength. Ah, just because I think it's quite quirky. Obviously, I've got a pre-match playlist, but that's one kind of about an hour and a half pre-game just to give myself a bit of a bit of a light-hearted kick up the arse. So he wasn't still standing, and that was Jeff. Oh, God, I know, bless him. Honestly, I feel awful. I feel like people are going to write in and say you're the person that finished Jeff off. Thanks so much for listening to Grassroots, a podcast by players for players. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on CastBox and give us a comment. Good luck with the new season. If you would like your team featured, please get in touch. A brilliant finish. This was Grassroots. Women's rugby on the roots up.